everybody. Welcome to the forecast episode 116. That's 116. Alex, I can hear myself echoing. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm trying to eat this hot dog. <laughs> what? What? Why didn't you just okay. say wait? We could have waited a few minutes for you to eat hot dog. No, we're talking about this now. Tell us about this hot dog. Well, because of where my mic is positioned and where my head turns to eat my hot dog, it puts my open back headphone directly next to my microphone. Bro. So it just it's feeds like, right into can, it. Is there only one direction you can turn your head to eat this hot dog? Can you not yeah. lean back? Like, well, you have I it could. On this, like, you have like I could, a hot but dog I just don't think about it. That's specifically positioned for you to twist your head in one specific manner to take a bite? <laughs> <laughs> like mounted to my shoulder. Yeah. <laughs> oh, if only there was a way, that way to you like, still play games. Mute yourself or something. If That'd be only, handy. I could, but only. I figured I didn't have to because hot dogs are pretty quiet food to eat. Wrong. Uh, <laughs> You know, I've never thought about the quietness of the food that I eat, but I guess... That's very important for podcasts. Yeah. Here's the issue, though. When you eat a hot dog, you always go, mmm, hot dog. <laughs> and that yeah. goes in a lot. everybody welcome to the forecast episode 116 that is 116 episodes of garbage that we have produced boys i'm so proud so proud <laughs> i wouldn't call all of it garbage ah you know like 99 mm, okay. the forecast <laughs> is a bi-weekly podcast produced and sometimes released on thursdays this one two days after the series finale of america aired live on national television hope everybody was watching is it over series yet, finales sadly. if it's not over yet yeah well i mean it's, it's it ongoing just... It's a very long episode. Wait, this is a series series <laughs> finale. It's a series. Se- anyway, we it's not like an community. episode of television. It's like a sports match. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah, you there know, you go. Yeah. yeah, lots of. And back it's and just forth. an over overtime right now. We're, we're in like game six of the World Series. Yes, luckily it's not NFL rules for overtime. This is like normal overtime, which is great. I know that's a sports reference, guys, and it's very difficult. I'm sure it went over literally everyone's head. What's a own. sports? Exactly. Anyways, we are a community of people who love exploring, discussing all kinds of things from video games and board games to film and TV to our everyday life experiences. If you'd like to know more about what we do, you can follow us at facebook.com forward slash We Are The Horizon Community, or you can come hang out on our Discord channel, or you can check out our website at wearethehorizon.com, where we have a ton of original content for you to browse through. Additionally, everything we talk about here is put into our cast notes, which is pushed out to whatever podcasting app you are using. I am Aaron. I'm joined by a couple additional peeps. Alex. Yes, sir. This is me not eating a hot dog. That's perfect. Hell Jake yes. John. Hello. This is Jake not eating a hot dog. Caleb. <laughs> That's me. Also not eating a hot dog. And Owen, are you eating a hot dog? I am not. And hello, guys, gals, and non-binary pals. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. All right, let's get started. What we always do. Uh, what have you been playing lately? And Owen, we're going to start with you this week. Oh, wow. All right, cool. So I have been playing a lot of World of Warcraft, surprising absolutely no one. Uh, Specifically, been playing Classic uh, because earlier this week, Blizzard announced the release of Naxxoramas, the last raid of vanilla World of Warcraft. Um, Hmm. That should be coming out on December 3rd, which a lot of people were upset because it's coming out a week after 
the Shadowlands DLC for retail, and they're just like, oh my god, why on earth would you do that? Now I have to play both of them at the same time, wah, I guess? I don't know. Doesn't seem like a bad idea to me, but I'm not out of the the general fan base of this game. Uh, I think that it's kind of fine. Um, Can I ask a question, just real quickly, about uh, raids for WoW Classic? Yes. You said this is the last one to come out this period for vanilla so, th- so yeah so uh vanilla was like the original world of warcraft which classic is redoing right, right. and and this is the last thing content that was added before the expansions started coming in okay so my follow-up question is is the intent of wow classic to just continue on the road that uh retail wow went along so that is the that is the current question that's happening um there is a lot of people wondering what's next uh because they were like well you know once you've completed the uh the last raid here naxxaramas are they going to put up the burning crusade which is the first expansion from uh world of warcraft and right. so there have been some polls that uh, Blizzard put out to the fans asking, would you like the Burning Crusades? If we did the Burning Crusades, how would you like us to do it? You know, would you like your character uh, to be able to stay on a strictly uh, vanilla server? Or would you like them to be able to, Would uh, you know, everybody just gets the DLC and now they're playing the Burning Crusades now? So- um to me, this okay. So for people who have not ever played WoW, this is a game yeah. that came out in like two thousand four or something. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, uh, in in November, at the end of November, it will be fifteen years. Okay, so came out a long time ago. That's what the, that's what they call the retail version, which is the one that's just been getting expansions over all these years. People yes. pay a subscription fee. Mm-hmm. The current iteration came out when last year. WoW uh, Classic. Yeah, or Classic two years ago maybe? came out in yeah, I would say twenty nineteen. I believe. Sure 2019 yeah so, so to me this just feels like uh that blizzard's doing something in, in in essentially the spirit of todd howard where they're reselling the same content again to the same users like he did with skyrim <laughs> so, so that is a a thing i would argue the fact that they're not reselling the game it comes with your subscription okay to wow so uh, i didn't I have to, to ask about that yeah I, I i did not have to pay for this again or anything like that it was just a hey you're already paying for the wow subscription you can you get to play this as well awesome. uh so so you can go back uh which is can the you thing buy that they've just done classic for less or something you can literally just pay the $15 a month subscription fee and play classic and never touch the actual game. But you're basically just paying for retail and yeah. getting classic. Exactly. Got it, got it, got it. Yeah. Um, so that is that is kind of the, the way that they have it set up. Um, but yeah, like a lot of people are wondering kind of what's next, mm-hmm. uh, if there is anything. I am of the mindset that they will at least do the Burning Crusade, if not also Wrath of the Lich King. Uh, which was the second expansion. The reason I believe that, and I know that it's a very hot topic, um, is because of the fact that, first of all, when they were designing uh, WoW, like the the original WoW, a lot of content, they basically were already planning for the Burning Crusades. They were already mm. thinking about like, oh, we want to build this thing. And they like they literally would bi- like build raids and stuff, and then they cut it out, and they were just like, we'll add that later. We'll add that into the first expansion. So there's a lot of things like that that I feel like they planned from the start, and 
that way you can kind of get uh, a lot of that content because they were already planning a lot of those things for Wrath of the Lich King and the Burning Crusades gotcha. uh, while they were making vanilla. Uh, I also feel like uh, both Burning Crusade and uh, Wrath of the Lich King are very much natural extensions into the game and really add in the progression of things that kind of polish off vanilla and make it just a little bit better. So I think that that was another thing of that. It's just, it makes it a cleaner and a better game uh, all around. So I think that makes sense. But presumably uh, I, everything retail did is like, the point was to make it better. So, in well, that so way. yeah, well, well, I think, I think, uh, let me clarify that. So, uh, Cataclysm, which was the third expansion, was the one that they, like, rebuilt everything. Basically, the idea, like, the storyline thing was that a dragon awakens from the center of the, the world and just starts tearing everything apart. And because they teared everything apart, uh, a lot of the lands all changed. They, like, changed the quest givers and uh, the regions and what they looked like and the graphics of it. So Cataclysm was, like, this big whole thing. Yeah. And also, Cataclysm was... Uh, a storyline that they built from scratch. It wasn't like a, oh, hey, we have plans from something previously. Where are we going to put it? Like, basically, WoW, uh, The Burning Crusades, and Wrath of the Lich King were all planned as, like, one kind of unit. And so that's why I feel like Classic will end there. They mm -hmm. will do those two expansions and, uh, the you know, the, the main game. And then they will stop there because, A... If you do Cataclysm, you're just turning everything back into retail, which I don't think is a good idea. And B, it encapsulates all of that story, because basically everything was is building up to the fight with uh, Arthas and uh, doing the, the Wrath of the Lich King. So that, that was an entire thing that they were always trying to build up and plan and go to. And so I feel like that's exactly why they would do that, is they would just be like, mm -hmm. yeah, we're going to have this as one thing. So there's basically going to be like, pre-us fucking with the world, and then post-us fucking with the world. Um, Interesting. Yeah. yeah. So I think that's probably what they're going to do, especially with the way that they've set up retail now is that you can talk to a person and they will essentially change the time zone that you're in and just go okay you want to play the burning crusades cool and so then they change the world back to the burning crusades time and so everything is supposed to be like that you don't have like a million people trying to give you quests on all of these different continents that weren't discovered yet or you know battles that didn't happen it literally will just take you back to this was the stuff that was happening in that dlc wait um, so are the it doesn't change the base mechanics though right so vanilla has no. still some reason to exist yeah so it still has some reason to exist okay um it, you know it, it doesn't change the base mechanics or the base world like you can still you can hop out of those dlc time zone things uh like you would jumping in and out of a planet in destiny Okay. You know, like it, it would just be like, you know, oh, I want to go to this version of this planet instead of not. Um, but it would still be a different kind of gameplay. So that, that's that, kind of the way that they've got built around that. That'd be an interesting way for Destiny to go rather than just taking away half the content. Hmm. No, no, no. Where's the fun? <laughs> though, you know? Yeah. How are we going to get the you imagination? to pay for content that already used to exist in other games? <laughs> uh, what else have you been playing? 
Uh, right. So I've been playing uh, a bunch of other things. I did play uh, a round of Monster Camp Ooh. just to kind of dip my toes into that a bit. Um, it's the writing is great. It's you know the the it it has a lot of laughs. Um, I was very surprised that unlike Monster Prom, where you are basically courting multiple people, like you kind of like are talking to different people at the same time, and then depending on your stats or whatever, you kind of like you know you you you've got options. Whereas this one, uh, a lot of your normal options are not there, and apparently what they're doing is uh, with all of the different expansions and sequels to Monster Prom that they're doing, there will be kind of a focus on your, like, a couple of people from Monster Prom itself, as well as some new characters. So you don't kind of have a cast of like, oh, hey, here's my six, the, the six monsters that I can try to flirt with. It's here's the two uh monsters that you can flirt with plus there's other new monsters so like even though um what is it the the uh, ghost and the wolf guy uh both are in that game you cannot court them you are courting other people and they just happen to pop up in some of the events that you're doing and you're just like oh hey polly's back i miss polly um so, so it's I- just that the base game characters are just side characters now and uh, you can only romance new characters? You can only romance mostly new characters, with two exceptions. So that, like, that's the thing, is they didn't want it to just be, oh, I'm still trying to, you know, get with my, o- you know, my OTP from the base game. They kind of are breaking it apart, so that way you have only a couple characters from the base game in this expansion, and then in uh, the other DLC that they're making... Uh, that that'll have a different set of some of the original char- cast plus new characters to romance. Hmm. Um, but it's funny. It's a lot of fun. Uh, it's got these things called drinks that happen randomly in the middle of it, which I thought was really interesting because depending on the drink that you get, and like if you if, like you don't get to know anything about the drink before you drink it. And then when you drink it, it will then give you a random thing. So, like, the one that I had, all of my um, stats got multiplied by two. Uh, or, uh, so, if I gained any stats, I would gain it by two. If I lost any stats, I would lose it by two. Mm. Interesting. So, like, it made it very... It was really interesting because I could easily, like lose basically everything that I was going for, but I could also gain a bunch of something else really fast if I wanted to pit it to, like, a different style halfway <laughs> into the game. Um, so, like so I thought that was really interesting. Effect, permanent change? Yeah, that stays with game? you for the rest of the game. Hmm. Yeah. Is um is it basically the same structure of game? Yeah. Okay. It's, the, it's the same structure of game where you have to figure out which of the, uh, you know, which of the areas inside of the school slash camp that you want to go to to increase your coolness or your boldness or your, you know, whatever. Um, so that way you can be a better mate for the person that you're trying to seduce. Uh, and then, you know, you have, uh, as you pick those areas, you'll bump into people and you'll try to do, uh, you know, pick the right answers. So that way you uh, will gain stats rather than losing stats, which I was basically doing during my entire run was just picking the wrong answer and losing all my stats um <laughs> which was rough it was really bad 
Uh, and then at the end, you know, you have to ask them to. This one is the meteor shower. Aww. Yeah. So That's it's adorable. who you, you want to watch the meteor shower with. Um, I also really enjoyed the fact that they didn't really beat around the excuse me, uh, they didn't really beat around the dating bush as much. They very much were just like, hey, we know you want to fuck this character. So, like, they didn't, like, show anything, but the content of it was very much there of just being like, oh, hey, so, you know, you managed to seduce her back into your bedroom, and then after several hours of you guys sleeping together and having a great time, you had to wake up and go back to camp. And, like, it was very much, like, a lot of that was happening, and it wasn't just kind of being bashful of, like, oh, you had such, like, a good night out, like, of uh, Monster Prom was... Where it kind of like it alluded to it sometimes and, you know, was explicit at times, but not nearly as much as I feel like this game is just going straight forward of just being like, yeah, we know you're fucking these people <laughs> like we, we get it. There's like a nudity mod already or uh, <laughs> not, not that I have downloaded, but I'm sure you'll find one okay. in time for the live sure stream. There's Jake. one already. <laughs> That's a great ad for our live stream, by the way. Everyone's <laughs> going to tune in to see that. Um, so yeah, I think it was really good. I think it was really fun. I think that they definitely did a great job of uh, capturing the spirit of the first one. And uh, just, you know, I, I'm excited to dig into it more um, with all of you and do all of the stupid voices and having uh, Caleb with all of the S's mm. and uh, Jake being good the goodest boy. Yeah, is Vera still in it? Uh, I one? did not bump into Vera, but okay. I don't know if that means Vera's not in it. Sure, sure. I mean, I, I found just... Polly, and she's one of the most important ones, so... Yeah, I, I, I bumped into what the prank masters, Ooh. with a Z, as they call themselves. And that is, uh, Polly and, oh god, the, the goodest the boy, guy. the wolf guy, yeah. Yeah, I don't know his name either. I also enjoyed the fact that there is, like, a, uh, nemesis camp... And so a bunch of characters that were like random uh, and like random kind of side characters slash NPCs from the first one bump into there. And you're just like, wait, isn't that the dimensional guy from the first game that would just like come in and try to sweep everybody off their feet because he was like an intergalactic prince or something? And you're like, oh, yeah, it is. Oh, this is cool. Like neat throwbacks from the original game. Uh, And then uh, finally been playing some Overwatch. Uh, now that uh, the competitive scene isn't just ruled by Hogs Aria and a bunch of snipers, and it's fun. It's now ruled Yay. by Sim. Correct. Yeah. Holy crap, it's Correct. so much and fun Tor. to play Sim. Correct. Buildables are stupid. I haven't mentioned this before. I hate buildables. Maybe, maybe one day they'll decide they're no longer a TF2-like and they'll take them out. That'd be great. Mm, That'd be I got really bad news for you. Great. <laughs> Can it be after they introduce a spy character, though? <laughs> yeah, I'd appreciate that too. I mean, they got Sombra. She's the Sombra you know, does not count. <laughs> as as long as I can still have a, some <clears throat> sort of beam cannon as a DPS to take out Genji, we're good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and this today actually is the start of the 25th season, correct? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, got to get back in there and get all of our uh, get, get all the our points. Yeah. And my DPS will go back up after I press X to down. down. No, just it goes down every year after I play it a bunch and then I place again and it's back to where it started. Mm. Interesting. (laughs) Interesting. (laughs) Oh, man. Uh, Caleb, what have you been playing lately? Uh, I've been playing a couple things, uh, namely Ghost Runner, which I think I'm not the only one who's been playing it. 
Yeah. How is it? Is is the game anything like the demo? Like, is it is it good? I mean, it's it's basically the demo, but a lot more of it. So cool. Like four so and a half good. hours to beat it. All right. So it's uh it's pretty solid. It's got some. I've got some nitpicks with it. Some things that are really frustrating sometimes, but overall, pretty solid. The nitpicks are really sometimes it puts you in combat situations that are just they're just not fun in any way like you can do all the running all the wall stuff right at some point it puts you in a very narrow hallway where the walls kill you and there's two Mm. people in front of you one that shoots and one that's melee that's that's just not a fun portion of the game whatsoever (laughs) it does a couple things like that and the mantling man the mantling annoys the crap out of me all I want to do is run along the walls, and then it's like, no, you're near the top of the wall, so you're going over it. No! Just run on it. Very frustrating. Wow, I never had that issue in particular. Really? I had that issue so many times. Also, the bosses are pretty whatever. But rest of the game's pretty solid. What do you think, Alex? Oh, um, I think most of what you thought... The only real issue I had with combat was the like bipedal walker dudes that spray like this really wide pattern at you that it's very hard to dodge mm-hmm. those guys are very annoying but other than that i think everything else is pretty good um the game makes you feel like you're awesome which is i think what they're going for yeah it does that and... at the same time because it's first person and melee sometimes you just die and you're like i have absolutely no idea where i died from that's also a little bit frustrating. Occasionally, yeah. I, heard I will some... say they they got respawns right because you respawn instantaneously. Yeah. Nice. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you die because you weren't ready to respawn. <laughs> I, I heard someone once mention that this game is like uh, a Genji ult and you yeah. just keep going. Mm-hmm. Which like, seems kinda... like a lot of fun. It's like a first person... Uh, Man, I lost the name of it suddenly. Hotline Miami. Ah, thank you. Hotline Miami. But it's yeah, actually, Genji. Exactly how you described it to me the other day. I like, guess it's a oh, first okay. person Hotline Miami. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it is. Yeah, very, very fun. I think the aesthetic is awesome. Yep. It looks really nice. It's got ray tracing. That's cool. Oh, well, of course. Who's ray tracing. <laughs> Alex, actor. tell us wow. about this whole ray tracing thing you keep the... mentioning. <laughs> it's, a, it's an advanced topic i don't think we need to go into it here <laughs> but <laughs> the the story i think is pretty good but also very predictable and also it's like the method of storytelling in the game is pretty funny to me because <laughs> it's not like it slows you down or stops you to do exposition you're just like doing cool crap the whole time but also the entire time you're doing cool crap there's a robot voice giving you exposition for you know Hours, just hours of yeah. exposition. It's almost constant. <laughs> almost constant that they're they're evolving the story just by like saying stuff at you while you're doing cool things on screen. And not only is it always constant, there's like a at the end of the every level, there's like a time and it shows your friends' times and how many deaths each of you had. So you like want to fin- finish it fast, but you get to the end of the mission and they're still talking sometimes. And it's like, <laughs> well, do I wait here and just lose a whole bunch of time? So I didn't. I just clicked the button and then skip the rest of the dialogue, yeah. I guess. <laughs> the dialogue just kind of goes at, at its pace that it thinks that you should be playing the game at. Yeah. And the very... I didn't really speedrun anything, but the very first level I tried to speedrun some because I saw Chad's time was like really low. So I was like, oh, I bet I could beat that. <laughs> so 
So I did the first level a bunch of times in a row. And by the time I was done with it, I was like, what? like there's a part where you try to, to tutorialize one of your abilities. And I'm, I'm so far past that point. By the time he tells me how to do it, I'm like, dude, you are so behind. <laughs> so, but really fun game. I think, uh, the only other real issue I have is sometimes I felt like I should have been attaching to something that I just don't for some reason. And I just fall. Mm, and I'm yeah. like, eh, I don't think that was my yep. fault. Yep. There's a there's a couple of very specific moments I can remember where that happened over and over again. Oh, and the explodey dudes at the end. I didn't like them. Oh yeah, you just kind of kind of avoid them. Yeah, you just run away from them. They make you they make you have to um, like platform a lot more than actually fight things. Yeah, but also it doesn't give you like the freedom to just run where you want. You gotta like make sure you're not accidentally running in a path where they're gonna be. Right. Uh, I've also been playing this game called Iris and the Giant. It's a little roguelike. It's a minimal, minimalistic art style. Uh, it's pretty solid. I think I talked about it a while back when I played a demo of it. Uh, now... Was this at PAX? Maybe. I don't remember. Okay. Like PAX this year or like literally physical PAX? Uh, physical PAX. Um, I don't remember. Well, I feel like it wasn't. Oh, yeah. I mean, but I don't know for sure. Whatever. Uh, but it's uh pretty good. It's got a nice little backstory about a very sad and depressed girl, and you're in like her imagination and what she's creating when you're actually playing the game. You're playing as her. But the the combat's kind of almost deck buildy a little bit. You have like a deck of cards, and every time you use one, it's gone for good. And that when you run out, you die. And you also have like a health where when you run out, you die. So you gotta like balance taking damage versus playing a bunch of cards to kill all the things that'll deal damage to you. It's kind of got some neat mechanics there. And it's also got, when you unlock new things that you can find in later runs, it just gives it to you in the next run. So you, like, get a good distance, unlock a few things, and then when you restart the next run, you, like, have a leg up from where you did before. Which is kind of nice. I think there's three bosses. I've only beaten one so far. I haven't gone back to fight anymore. That's pretty solid. That's really all I've been playing. Uh, I'll go next. Uh, mine's pretty short. I haven't played a lot in the last couple weeks, um, but uh, been playing some more Hades. That game is just yeah, very well done. Just man, it it checks all the boxes for me that I that I was wanting in a follow up roguelike game with a good story. It's just mm -hmm. it's just good. Just really well done game. I finally got the gun. So got the gun. Yeah, got the gun. Beating Hades, good. I think three, f maybe four times now. Look at you. Nice. So, yeah, yeah, game's game's <laughs> pretty solid. I will say I absolutely hate the gauntlets. I don't even know why they're in the game. <laughs> oh. Don't want to play with them at all, ever. They're, they're a lot so of fun. fun. Yeah. Oh, I hate them. They may not be very them. good, but they're a lot of fun. Oh, I Do you, them. okay, the gauntlets, I thought were, I hated them before I unlocked aspects. Have you got aspects <laughs> yet? See, I still haven't. I don't know that, like I, like, I don't know how that works. I know you're supposed to, like... Is it the Titan blood to get you aspect unlocks? Is that how you get yep. them? Yeah. How many yeah. I know I have a lot of Titan. I have like seven or maybe more. I, I think once you hit so. once you hit five, it should trigger it. I think I'll look. You talk to Achilles. Just in case, go grab a weapon and then see if you can grab it again. Maybe that's yeah. the problem. I literally never talk to Achilles. I'm Why like, would you not what? talk to everybody? I don't know. Yeah. I don't Why know. Don't every you time. Talk to everyone. I, most of the time what I do. I just don't go north very often. What? Yes, I know. You gotta go see if Achilles and Than are there. Okay, fine. Next next run. He probably hasn't Achilles even met Than. Maybe. Yeah. 
He probably dude, Hades is the big guy. He's like the dad. <laughs> <laughs> is this ringing a bell? Uh, not really. Jake, have you not. played much more of it beyond credits? Uh, I mean, I'll, I'll go back and do like a run or two. I haven't. I believe there's like an epilogue that I have not unlocked. I know there's a lot of stuff that I just haven't unlocked. Yeah, there's like a little epilogue story, kind of. Yeah, I, I have not done that. Okay. That's what For I'm the fists, though, the fists have a magnetic aspect, which is very fun. You should no, try that. No, you told fun. me about that one where you're like, you got also Poseidon's you, you thing suck that people pushes in. people. Oh, yeah, it knocks so you're them like away with a special. Hitting them against the wall and pulling them in, hitting them against the wall, pulling them in. That sounded really I cool. I got that in one run. It was very it's fun. Very, it's very <laughs> fun. seems pretty neat. Uh, also, just been playing some Overwatch. Um, we've had quite a few people on playing like full six-man Overwatch matches recently, recently yeah. which is... Which is nice. I mean, we still get beat pretty soundly quite often. I mean, but... we get beat more than when we have six people than when we don't have six people. Well, yeah, because we're partied up and we <laughs> yeah. have the worst coordination of probably any Overwatch team. Man, yeah, we were streaming the other night and we had a six man and they had a bastion and somebody actually was watching us like a real person that we didn't know. And they were like, <laughs> get out of here. They were oh, like, yeah. yo, you should hack the bastion and dive them. And we you were should like, stop being so shit. I was like, <laughs> we were like, yeah, no, we, we understand. We just can't execute because we're bad. <laughs> Correct. We, we understand. We, what we know the theory. Yeah. <laughs> we know what we're doing wrong. <laughs> we just can't fix it. Yeah. yeah. In theory, it's fine. In practice, mm -mm. nope. I, there just I is know no as a widow, I'm supposed to click heads. The problem is <laughs> clicking <laughs> the heads. No, yes, I think the problem yes. is widow there. Yes, where you went. yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Uh, I also wanted to mention about Overwatch specifically. I've been playing a lot of, against a lot of Briggs lately that have been controlling the game. And I don't know uh, if anybody yeah. else has felt that, but... I've been playing Brig and it's been great. Man, she is very strong right now, which Yo. doesn't seem like she should be, but... You've peaked Jake's she got, interest. She got a little bit, of, little bit of a health buff. I don't remember what else she got. I feel like that might be it. I think, that's I think it, that was yeah. just it, but... But it's all like she just needs enough. To... But here's the thing, longer. ever since they introduced her, Briggs basically been like on the cusp of dominating the game if she's not just actively dominating the game. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Man, she is she is hard to stop. I Give her twenty five HP and then it's just like bam. Yeah. Runs the game. I, I think, think as a whole time... it's really well balanced right now though. Yeah. Overwatch the whole in general. Game. The whole game. I, I think, think so too. Maybe other one than... of the best times it's ever been. I would say balance. other than I would agree. Buildables and uh What's her face? Why can't I not think of her name right now? Symmetra. Symmetra, thank you. Other than you those like, two you things. You like Symmetra? No. Gosh, dude, she's awful. She should not I mean, be in the game. She should just take her out entirely right now. Is that not just a buildables again? That's yeah. Sorry, that's just yeah. buildables again, really. Well, it's less Mostly. to do with her. I mean, I'm not saying it's less to do because her buildables definitely suck. But her freaking beam weapon is just obnoxious. Yeah. It is so much. It takes so little to just like point. Can you and, imagine gosh. if, like, you had that weapon, but also it auto-locked on people? Oh That'd be insane. <laughs> like, they've made some mistakes <laughs> in that game. That's clear. Uh, let's move on. Alex, what have you been playing lately? Sure. Uh, so, Ghost Runner, like we talked about. Um, I've also been playing Hellpoint with my brother, which, believe it or not, is a Souls-like. Yeah. Ooh, very boy. surprised you've been playing that. Interesting. Um, yeah. But it's different in that it's got real co-op so you don't have to worry about like trying to summon or like you know what section of the game are you at can you join me here i don't know like you just have you just join your friend and you play the game together that's it and it's got like i mean like you join their world i guess that's the only thing that's separate is it doesn't progress your own world oh, if you join somebody else's does this thing exist where you can join somebody else's game but it doesn't progress your own world 
<laughs> That's, isn't I, that the, the issue with uh, what's that other game where you always play multiplayer and it doesn't? Oh, um, Far Cry. Yeah, Far it doesn't Cry progress that. your campaign. I'm fine with it as long as it doesn't impede you playing through the game. Like in this case, you can join your friend from the start and play just through their world through the entire game one to one without any issue. Hmm. Far Cry, there was weird stuff like, oh, since your world wasn't progressed to this point, you haven't unlocked these weapons yet. Or, yeah. Oh, that's or true. Like, terrible. Stuff like that. that that's, that's bad. True. There's also other Souls likes that are like, yeah, you can play with a person and then it's like, oh, they progress to the next part of the world and you don't have that part of the world unlocked. So now you can't join them. Mm-hmm. That's also and it's like, awful. So then you end up having to play the game twice because then you have to go join your world instead, get you to that point and then go back. Uh, is... This one just works. Yeah, I was going to say the it, one of the things with the regular WoW uh, is they're trying to clean up the fact of how much of the worlds that they, they exist and how like, oh, well, you need to be in the same phase as your friend. And that is just a terrible gameplay in general. Nobody enjoys the fact that like you want to group up and play these games cooperatively with your friends, no matter mm-hmm. what game it is. And then it's just like, oh no, you haven't unlocked the thing yet. And that's always just the worst. You should just be able to play games with your friends wherever they are with whatever yeah. they're doing. Yeah. Like, it's it's 2020. I don't know why this is a thing we still have to talk about, but it is. So this one gets that right, which I like. Um also it's I don't know like I think having another person there just inherently makes Souls games way way easier which makes them way yeah. more palatable to me and uh this one has just been it's been pretty sick like I'm level like 70 something already in it and it's like I've never progressed that far in a Souls game before we're just running around exploring this weird space station got a couple of unique things in it like um there's this clock that's always going in game and it's like a, a cycle and two times during the clock cycle will be like the hell hour. And during the hell hour, certain doors are open that would otherwise not be open and enemies change a little bit. So that kind of keeps things fresh. And then there's also a third hour in the game. That's like the black hole hour. Cause this space station's circling this black hole and that does some other weird things. Also it's, it's called the hell hour. Yeah, I think it is. It's pretty, Wow, I mean, I hope they didn't pay the writers too much. <laughs> That's all I'll say. Also, for a Souls-like game, like, the, the combat is Dark Souls. You know, you got their shoulder buttons for attacks and dodge roll and whatever. You got your shield. Um, but it's also surprisingly um, reliant on platforming sometimes. Like, you have a, a actual jump button that works like a good jump. <laughs> and there are tons of secrets hidden around that are very vertical. And so you're like hopping on all sorts of weird geometry and doing these kind of jump puzzles to get there. It's kind of fun. And uh, yeah, finally I picked up, I just, I saw this game on steam and just hit the top of the charts for like a day. Cause it was Halloween, but it's called pumpkin Jack. It's this cute indie 3d platformer that feels like something out of the PS one era, like a croc or a Spyro or something like that. And you just, thing? yeah, it's just very nostalgic. Okay. You're just, it's kind of like a linear action 3D platformer. You're just going around, hopping over platforms and hitting enemies in the head. Mm-hmm. Got a couple of boss fights, like a boss fight at the end of each section. That's like a basically like a Spyro boss. And it's just a, it's cute. It's a lot of fun. And you play as a guy with a pumpkin head. And it's What's got the- ray tracing. <laughs> Why? 
Why not? I don't know, but if you check my Steam profile, I have a couple of screenshots in there with RTX on and off, so you can see what it does. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. It's a Steam profile. Very, very cool. Uh, Jake, let's move on to you. What have you been playing what lately? What have I been playing lately? So I've been playing a bunch of games with two in the name. Uh, <laughs> Excellent. I'll start, Thematic. I'll start in the middle, obviously. I finished Silent Hill 2 on Halloween. Oh, nice. nice. That game is really, really good. Uh, yeah, I don't think anyone in this call has played it, probably. No, no. Uh, I would highly recommend it, especially if you don't know anything about also, it. Also, Jake, it's Even not as old as it is, huh? We're in the studio right now, together. <laughs> oh, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Breaking uh, your fourth hole. Uh, shit. Here, I'll try it again. Uh, so, nobody in this room... <laughs> there we go. ...has played it. That's um, it. Yeah, that was good, right? Yeah, uh, but nailed it. If, if you don't know anything about this game, I highly recommend playing it. Uh, it's really, really good. Uh, it's got one of the best stories, but it's kind of beyond that. It's kind of like the overall theming and like um, the atmosphere is really, really good. Uh, so I would really recommend checking it out. The gameplay is kind of rough. By kind of rough, I mean pretty rough. <laughs> uh, but it's also really easy. So like I feel like that kind of balances out in kind of like a weird way. Like, walking around is a little bit frustrating, but nothing's going to kill you, really, so it's kind of whatever. Hmm. It also has boss fights for some reason. Don't know why they decided this game needed boss fights, because they're terrible across the board. Awful. But, again, they're pretty easy. Uh, the only difficulty is, like, really obtuse shit. Like, so it has, like, puzzles and stuff. And the only times I need to look up a walkthrough is when I just, like, missed a piece. Uh, there's a part pretty late in the game where you need to get three music boxes. And I like go through, do all the rooms on my map, and I end up with two music boxes. And I'm like, okay, what I miss? I go, I Google it, and look up a guide, and it's like, okay, you know the fountain you passed on your way into the building? And I'm like, not really. I just walked in the building. And they're like, okay, well, in the fountain, there's the music box. <laughs> I'm like, okay, sure. Like, I don't know why I didn't think of that. But, you know. So there's, there's some stuff like that. But really, really good. Really recommend it. Trying not to spoil it, but definitely check that one out. It's it's um, you know, it's like a beloved best game ever game for a good reason. Uh, I've also been playing some Last of Us 2. Uh, that one's fun. Uh, so I like sometimes when I'm playing, I'll like take notes for the podcast. So I like remember my thoughts. And all of my notes were really good for The Last of Us 2. Um, I wrote down, like, how it improved on the first game. I thought the story was a lot tighter and had, like, a much better, like, emotional thrust to it. The first game felt a little meandering to me. Uh, and it didn't have any ladder puzzles, which I loved, and the first game had a lot of. <laughs> and then I played, like, an extra two or three hours, and I was like, oh, no, all those things I said were wrong. <laughs> there was a ladder puzzle. Nice. The game like built up to like this big climax, and I was like, "Yeah, this is awesome." And then it's like, "No, no, 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 no. We're not doing that. We're not doing that. You're gonna do something else for like a long time. Like, you don't get the emotional payoff yet. You're gonna do something else." And I'm really, really not into it. Um, obviously, I'm trying not to spoil it because I know some people in this yeah. room haven't played it yet. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, I'm. It kind of really? left a bad taste in my mouth. Like the gameplay's still really fun, so obviously that's like the saving grace. But I was really enjoying kind of like the tighter, I'm going to say tighter story. Um, it just it felt a lot more impactful. It was less like you go to a town like your objective is to not be in that town anymore. Yeah. Uh, you know, it felt like there was always stuff going on, which I really liked. And I now like... 
I like Sorry, how you, you thought it was going to be like a tighter story when you knew this game was like double the length of the first one. Well, here's the thing, though. <laughs> the first half is not, it's nice and it's all contained and it's mm-hmm. like you go here, you do a thing, you go here and do a thing. And I'm like, OK, yeah, I was like into it. And yep. then the, the thing happens and I don't like it anymore. This whole part of the story feels dumb and I don't really care about it. Yeah. So the I think the Internet's very split on the game and I can see why. Sure. And I I think it's amazing, but I also think that literally anybody would think it's kind of bad in the if you've played like somewhere between like 50 and 80 percent of the game. Mm. So I, I, <laughs> I think once you get past the end stuff, then you, then it comes back around. OK, I that's kind of what I was hoping. Uh, I was hoping that once this part passes, we get back to the stuff I really liked. Um, but, you know, we'll see. Obviously, I'm going to. You know, I've still got probably 10 hours in it. I think, I think it, I'm 15 hours in. I think it's all important, though, is the problem. But I don't think you can see it until later. Man, I just like I'm not going to spoil anything, but man, yeah. I don't care about what's happening right now. <laughs> like, it's, it's real. Neither hard did for I. It's the thing. Neither did I. I was at, I was mad. I was angry. I was like, yeah. this game sucks. I mean, big Sam. I mean, OK, yeah, big Sam. You said it, not me. <laughs> Uh, last game I played, Pills of Eternity 2. I don't have, like, a ton to say about this one. Uh, it's really good. I didn't think I would like the real time with pause, but I'm enjoying it quite a bit. Um, it's honestly, so far, I feel like it's been a little easy. I'm playing just, like, on classic difficulty, so maybe that's kind of my fault. Uh, you can also, something else that I didn't do, you can set it so that way encounters will scale with your level. Mm, yeah. So, like, if you accidentally get overleveled, things will just be harder. Uh, I decided I decided not to go for it just because like a, I wasn't sure if I would like the real time with pause and B, I feel like it kind of takes out the point of leveling a little bit. Yeah. Like if everything's going to be hard anyways. Why should I care about getting, you know, about leveling up and stuff? Um, I don't know. Maybe it would be more fun if I turn that on. It also has this nice little feature where it will only scale things up. Yeah. Uh, so if you do go to like what's supposed to be like an end game encounter, it's not going to be easy baby mode. It'll still be really hard. Uh, there's also one where you can set just the main story to scale up, uh, I, which I've never seen any of that in a game before. And I think that's really, really cool. Yeah, there's not a lot of nice options in there for difficulty. Yeah, um, but, you know, it's it's real good. I like it a lot. The voice acting is surprisingly good. Mm-hmm. I kind of didn't expect much on that or even the story or uh, yeah, storytelling uh side of it but i've been impressed i think it's a lot of fun i think it's really well written yeah the writing in that game is great and even even though matt mercer plays two of your companions voices two of your companions is hilarious (laughs) it's because it's obviously him both times (laughs) and when they interact with each other it's just it's my favorite you just listen to this man talk to himself so fun I mean, he's also, obviously got different accents but you could tell it's matt mercer he's doing a different voice yeah but it's obviously matt mercer both times <laughs> i also learned apparently i listen a little bit to the um critical role podcast and the entire cast is in this game which oh. is something i didn't realize until i started playing and was like oh hey i recognize that voice and that voice and that voice and then I just like googled it and i was like oh my god they're literally <laughs> every member of that show is on this game yeah i think they have a dlc they that do is about critical role yeah i think you can get like um, you can recruit characters from their first campaign yeah which is pretty wild also whoever does the main narration her voice is really good it's i'm pretty sure that's ellie like 90 percent sure it's ellie yeah from last of us for those of you who don't know who ellie is ellie from the last yeah, of us yeah it does it does sound <laughs> like her, yeah. 
I think I think it is her. Um, but yeah, that's what I've been playing. Cool. Um, let's talk a little bit about news. Uh, and I think to maintain a sense of 2020 normalcy, we're going to start with uh, some video game delays because, you know, that's just Ooh, 2020 of course. in a yeah. nutshell. Uh, first and foremost, most importantly, Cyberpunk. Alex, is it's moving back again. Again. Yeah, yeah it's moving back again. So when they said Cyberpunk 2077, was that like the release date? I just... <laughs> They got God. That right is there. that is the very funny joke that has come up many times on the internet at this point. <laughs> I did uh, see a photo of a bus in uh, the UK that had the December 10th date on it. Oh, yeah. So it's not just digital. I mean, what, it's printed. What so I think maybe, was was funny that means it's is real. there's reports that the devs didn't hear about the delay until they saw it on social media. Yep. <laughs> wow. And also, there were people on Twitter literally the day before they announced the delay saying I'm going to book off time for this game can you absolutely confirm there's going to be no more delays mm. and they said 100% for sure no more delays Ooh. go next ahead and day. book your your off oh time literally the next day the we're level. delaying it yeah i th- i think they said it would look really bad if we uh took this down wouldn't it and i was like <laughs> yeah dude this looks bad uh, also, apparently, because of the delays, they lost twenty five percent of their stock price. Mm. Yeah, that seems excessive. Yeah, that seems drastic. It is. It is a lot. Yeah. Uh, guys, it's still gonna come out. Yeah, it's delayed like three weeks. Yeah, I I think that it is one of those things that you see that and you realize that the people that are invested in the company are not actual people of Wall Street because they would realize the fact that that eh, product's still going to come out. You're still going to get your money. You just got to wait a little bit longer. That's not a reason to sell and like sell cheaply. That's a reason to stay longer. Yeah, what? whatever. I mean, it's, it's probably something to do with like, oh, you're pushing pretty late in the holiday sales cycle. So like how many people are going to be done shopping for Christmas by that time? So then you don't have copies of cyberpunk being sold to grandmas that are buying yeah. it for their grandchildren or something. I kind of feel like it's still going to do okay. Maybe yeah, yeah, no, you're still going to win a bunch of money and things. So I'm sure it's going to sell gangbusters. No problem. Uh, I think the people worth... that are like super angry online about it are kind of funny. Cause I, th- I don't think I could possibly be more hyped for this game and mm-hmm. I'm not even mad. Like, at this point, I'm just kind of like numb to it. It's like, uh, it'll be here when it's here. Uh, interestingly enough, I want to mention, Owen, you said that their stock price dropped by 25%. It does say that it reached its lowest point since April, which was the high for the company. Uh, so <laughs> considering that probably, you know, following the release of The Witcher on Netflix, literally everyone went out and bought The Witcher. Stock prices went up, mm-hmm. CD Projekt Red, and now all of a sudden we're delaying this game again. Uh, that's probably, I mean, if they were at their, their highest and they lost 25%, I mean... Still not too it bad. could be worse. Yeah, could be uh, worse. As uh, I've learned from the internet, stonks go up. Stonks, <laughs> so, so stonks yeah, go just... down too, though. Yeah, but they <laughs> only go up. With no, Elon. they they just only go up. Elon stonks, stonks. only go up. I also want to mention because of this delay, something interesting happened. Uh, maybe one of the first times in video game industry because of Cyberpunk's delay landing on December tenth. Is that correct? Or eleventh? Tenth or eleventh? Two other games have announced delays because that was right around the time frame in which they were going oh, to yeah. be launching their game. So, so <laughs> one who of, else backed down? Yeah, so one of which is the Pillars of Eternity. They had an expansion coming out. Um, they felt that you know Cyberpunk's delay was going to in- interact and, and cause issues with people wanting to play that game over theirs. So they're delayed until sometime in January. And Everspace 2 um, also 
delayed 2021 hmm. all because cyberpunk delayed to that one specific window i can't think of in memory a time in which we had a game delay well i mean not delay this many times especially but a game delay that caused other games to delay because they didn't want to have the same release time frame yeah at I, least things we weren't told when that happened yeah right. i am i'm 100 certain it's happened i don't think anybody's ever come out and said hey this other game is in our space now so we're gonna move yeah I, I mean maybe that's maybe that's the case but the fact that they were like yeah this is a serious game we're listen we're just gonna back the this way, up because we don't want to be in the way the way path of exile worded it was kind of funny i thought they were like doing it for their fans or whatever because they, <laughs> they didn't want them to have to split their time between the two <laughs> games so they were like helping them out oh path of exile not players of eternity uh yeah it's Path of Exile. Oh, i said sorry i said Pillage you're good I meant path they of both exile. have the same yes the little po yep. both poe uh also two other games that were delayed that we should probably mention far cry 6 was delayed until after march 2021 and uh, Resident Evil 6 Quarantine was delayed until sometime in late 2021, maybe 2022 at this point. What the hell is I thought it was Rainbow Six Quarantine? Oh. Rainbow, <laughs> Rainbow Six. Yeah, Rainbow that Six. makes so much more sense. <laughs> yeah. What did I say? Resident, Resident Evil. Evil. Resident Evil 6 Quarantine. Rainbow Six I Quarantine. Like, I just had the acronyms written here, and I meant to write them all out, but I was reading at the same time. Maybe, maybe a <laughs> little bit Six. longer acronym. Rainbow I Six. thought Quarantine was supposed to be out this year originally it may maybe i'm crazy i feel like it was also supposed to be out this year at some point it's I just like quarantine that's not helpful good covid 19 is happening isn't, <laughs> just, good job. isn't it just like a standalone spinoff of that one special mode they had for like a month one time yeah. so mm-hmm. like yeah. how hard could it be to release that very very know, difficult okay will be available in 2020 it says so it did okay <laughs> Not anymore. 2021, maybe 2022 at this point. Also, I didn't Jeez. I didn't have any idea for when Far Cry was coming out, so the fact that they got delayed has yeah, no meaning to me. Same. Like, <laughs> um, okay, so outside of delay-related things, let's talk about a couple other things in News World. BlizzCon, number one. Yeah, uh, so they officially announced that they're going to be discussing Overwatch 2 at BlizzCon. Everyone... Yeah. Kind of assumed this, but, yeah. you know, they confirmed it. Uh, the other thing I thought was really interesting was they mentioned that uh, I don't know the exact verbiage. I don't have it in front of me, but they were basically like all of their major like franchises are going to get some sort of mobile thing, Whoa. which is funny because it's them doing Diablo. that has bit them in the ass repeatedly. Yeah. 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 Uh-huh. yeah. Uh, but I think I think they're learning a little bit because rather than being like, "Ooh, we have big Overwatch news. It's this color like, matching Overwatch game. Phone. Yeah, they're just like, listen, we're gonna announce a mobile thing. Don't freak out. It's gonna, we're gonna do a mobile what, thing. We're gonna do Overwatch. You guys have well. phones. What mobile thing would they do for Overwatch? You sound like it'd be hard to do virtually anything. Just take any mobile game and yeah. put Overwatch characters I'm, in it. I'm just wondering yeah. what you think it would be. That's all. Um, some sort of Clash of Clans. That I was actually off. thinking Clash of Clans. Um. Mm. Yeah, that's just the most obvious one, I guess. I would really yeah. like to see a um, kind of like a plants versus zombies, but it's all like the mechs and things that you normally fight, or like Junkenstein or something like that. So you gotta like. What if they just put actual Overwatch? Lines? <laughs> I mean, that's what they do on for like phones. PUBG, right? Yeah. And, um, PUBG's on there. Fortnite's on there. Call yep. of Duty's on there. Like, they, there's I, precedent. Yeah, I guess totally they could. could. I do want to mention one thing we haven't talked about yet with BlizzCon is that um, unlike last year, this will be free to anyone to watch. Yeah. 
Yeah, and which obviously online only. Sure. So, yeah, online only. But last year was fifty dollars a person to have a virtual ticket. Jesus. Well, they also gave you a bunch of stuff. Like, I think that's that's the one thing about the virtual ticket that people always talk about is the fact that they give you like free things in Hearthstone, and you get character skins in Hots, and you get cool <laughs> mounts in World of Warcraft. You get stuff in Heroes of the Storm. Sign <laughs> me up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So, like, it, it was always, like, a thing that, like, you get a bunch of digital gear with that. So, my question would be that since it is all going to be free and online for people, will they be foregoing that and just, are, like, I mean, no yeah. gear? I, or are you going to give, though, like, gear away to everybody who's going to yeah, join? You say that, though. Think about what happened at PAX Online. Think about the lack of attendance they had from people viewing on PAX Online. It was completely free. Anybody could go watch and yet their viewership was super low. Well, what's a better incentive to get somebody to go watch something than give a digital handout to a game that people are playing? Hey, you yeah. show up for BlizzCon, you, reg you register, you sign in, you can tell that you're viewing, whatever they're showing on, and no. oh, because we know you're here, we're going to give you a digital download. That's good. Yeah. I just Maybe. had a really good idea. This is my prediction. They said mm -hmm. all, their, all their IPs are coming to mobile. Guess what? All of their IPs are in HOTS. Oh Hot on mobile. <laughs> I mean, the, uh, the thing that I think would be really interesting, like I, I would be most excited about coming to a mobile, is I would love to see what they're doing with StarCraft. I feel like that would just be a very interesting mobile game slash. If they just like, yeah, we're just gonna give you like a real time strategy on your phone. Go for it. Like that just seems like it would be fun. I mean, StarCraft. It seems like you could just put StarCraft. Yeah, like you wouldn't one. need yeah. like a weird mobile thing. You could just be like, like RTS. I feel like would probably work pretty okay yeah. on a phone. Do you, yeah. do you think that they they just like sit there with Todd Howard and they're just like, so tell us how can we <laughs> sell people StarCraft <laughs> again? But Teach us your ways. Auto chess. Mm, auto chess is a good call. Actually, Auto Chess for Overwatch <laughs> is probably what it's gonna be. That's, That's really a very sad. good call. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I that means I'm not going to be interested in it, but... Yeah. What is an auto-chess? Oh, oh, my man. goodness. Where have you been? <laughs> I, I heard, how have we not talked oh, about auto-chess? You have. Oh, I just never Program. asked what the heck an auto-chess was, because I've never really cared I mean, about whatever the game was. Basically, basically, like, you play on... There's, like, this chessboard, and you get, like, a random assortment of heroes in a pool that you can purchase with whatever money you have in-game currency. Not real money, yeah. And, like, you're trying to... they Like, every round it starts and all your dudes on your board just fight automatically without you doing anything against mm. whoever you're paired up against. Okay. And you're trying to, like, form a, a team comp, essentially. Yeah. From the random things it's handing you. And okay. so a lot of times you have to, like, pay to re-roll a bunch of times to try to find what you're looking for. And I you can I upgrade your heroes over time. I talking about now. Yeah. That's, uh, there's a lot of them out there now. Like, Dota was, like, the first one. Now League of Legends yep. has one. Yeah. Those are actually the only two I know about, but there's I'm sure a, there are others. The one that Dota started, they actually spun off and made, a like, a new IP out of. Yeah. Right, because they they basically had to steal it from someone. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like the, the it was a mod inside Dota, and then the people that made the mod left and created basically the same thing, but without stealing the copyrighted material from Valve. And then Valve also remade an official version with all of their copyrighted material. 
So now there's like two of the same game, essentially, with different, Weird. slightly different art. <laughs> yeah. Um. So BlizzCon, in case we, we haven't followed up on that, specifically is going to be streaming at some point in February. I think they announced the actual dates, but um, it's free. Go watch. Probably going to be some cool things announced. Maybe Diablo 4. Hmm. That'd be cool. I, I, would, I would love to see release date. Probably not happening, but maybe. Uh, do you, other stream... Do- well, uh, just my last speculation of it is: Do we think that they're going to do any release date things that are just being like, "Oh yeah," and Overwatch Two comes out right now? <laughs> uh, I wouldn't guess a full release, but I would not be surprised if they said, "Hey, Overwatch Two open beta starting now or closed yeah. beta." Yeah. For that everyone cool. watching, yeah. Link your that Blizzard cool. account, and you'll get a key, and you can just do the beta. I I think and that, their servers instantly crash. I mean, yeah. probably. <laughs> As they do. But that that feels like a reasonable guess to me yeah yeah so um yes make sure you go check out the stream february uh also stream related things let's talk about pokimane for a second uh, yeah with, so with, i know with that, the money cap that's going on yeah so i know that uh we don't normally talk about twitch and streamers but i read this story and i thought it was really interesting uh the streamer pokimane um worked with um the bits people i i'm blanking stream on the labs name. stream labs thank you um <laughs> to cap the donations that you can give her uh apparently she's just doing well enough and feels bad about taking money from all of these people that are just handing her money like you know uh like crazy that you can only give her a cap of five dollars now max um As she said that, you know, she's paid off her student loans. She's living very comfortably. Uh, she doesn't need all of the money. She feels bad about taking it all from her fans. Uh, and so for the first time ever, she asked, uh, was working with Streamlabs and was like, hey, can we, instead of making a thing of a minimum, like you must give me this much, can we make a maximum of you can't go over $5? um because i she's just like i just i don't need that, that you know everyone spamming me tons and tons of money anymore um which i just thought was a really interesting and weird move like part of me is like wow go you for you know like being attuned to your uh user base and you know being humble enough to be like hey i don't need this money you know give it to other streamers and other people that do need it like i think that's a very cool thing but i'm also just like hey if someone's gonna hand me a hundred dollars i'm not gonna stop them from handing me a hundred dollars i'm gonna take the fucking hundred dollars yeah a bunch yeah. of other streamers were like oh that's a great idea i bet internally they're like oh my gosh why She's would you screw okay that? so yeah. yeah from this my favorite part of this whole story uh and i'm reading this just from an article tyler one says he wants to follow in pokimane's footsteps and implement a five dollar cap donation on his channel wow. but only because he can't be bothered acting fake and pretending to be excited whenever someone makes a big donation <laughs> that's pretty good what what a good man excellent excellent man do you know who t- that is though yeah it's he's fits the so perfectly muscly like angry yeah guy. Mm-hmm. he's a muscly <laughs> angry guy freaking ridiculous <laughs> okay so let's move on some from streaming things uh let's talk about uh youtube video most oh. watched of all time. Oh, yeah. So, uh, histor- this was a big historic thing. Uh, before Despacito was the most watched YouTube video of all time, and it has been surpassed this week. Uh, and do we do we have guesses of what it was surpassed by? Wow, I'm no idea. so upset that Despacito was number one. Yes, yeah. Despacito was number one. 
Uh, and it, is, it has finally been surpassed, and it is by Baby Shark. Baby Shark. Shark. Oh, Baby Shark. Uh, Shark do, 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 do. I mean, that song you know, will just be around forever. <laughs> I, I I looked at an article that was talking about the top ten uh music vi- or the top ten most watched videos on YouTube, and they are either a music videos or b children's videos. Yeah, yeah, because you can just hit the replay, and you know it's probably something catchy that the kids like and it's or colorful, and they just watch it over and over and over again. Like half of these plays are probably just Cassie and Sam and entertaining Caroline. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, <laughs> and so I feel like Baby Shark is that that sweet middle ground of not only is it a a music video but it is a music video for children so you they, they hit the sweet spot um also surprisingly uh bts isn't in the top 10 i thought for sure that with their crazy fan army that they would have been somewhere up there especially since they keep breaking record after record of like you know most watched in 24 hours and all of that uh, I BTS? thought BTS. Uh, it's K-pop it's a group. yeah, it's a K-pop group. Um, I but I do guess uh, Psy did. Um, uh, Psy was up there at I think number eight. So there is still K-pop, just wasn't uh, the K-pop that I was expecting. Um, but I, I just thought that was interesting. That's I'm still depressed about the fact that Despacito is now even number two. Number that's... three is Ed Sheeran's "Shape of You." Wow. I mean, yeah, that's insane to me. Yeah. He's made a lot of money though. <laughs> what's his what's half his whole billy his, on the yeah, divide right. tour? Half a billion on the divide tour. Yeah, he's doing just fine. Yeah, apparently uh he, he like got his like house appraised or something like that. And his house is so custom built to his likings that the appraiser was like, You won't be able to sell this house. Like it's worth too much and it's too custom tailored to your likings that no one else will buy it for that price. Just a random side thing that I learned this mm. week. Okay, so last but not least in uh, news realm, let's talk about something that's going to vault us into our conversation about Valve games. Um, Noam Chomsky. Yeah, yeah. You guys know who Noam Chomsky is? He's uh, not like half the guy right? Noam Chomsky. Yeah, yeah. He's a garden gnome in Half-Life 2 Episode mm-hmm. 2. You got to oh. take him from the beginning of the game to the end of the game and launch him on a rocket. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so there's going to be a, a real Noam Chomsky soon because Gabe Newell, who's been in... New Zealand since the pandemic started and has decided to just stay a good life. Yeah. I think first of all, he's trying to get a bunch of developers from valve to get moved into New Zealand. That's cool. (laughs) But other than you work for valve before now. Yeah. Right. So he's, uh, he's decided to do a a charity launch and he's going to donate a dollar for every person that watches the launch of this rocket and the rocket's going to have a garden gnome on it pocket change for him it doesn't even matter how many people are watching dude right also first of all the the hospital is called starship children's hospital which is just awesome (laughs) that's pretty awesome so pretty fitting i thought that was pretty neat they're actually taking a a ridiculous achievement and turning into a real life thing good old gabe yeah speaking of gabe um let's talk for a second about in games world uh the announcement of dire tide for dota 2 yeah so this is really weird, but Dire Tide's kind of like a Halloween event for Dota, but they released it like two days before Halloween, and it's running through like December twenty second or something like that. And also, it hasn't reason. been like we haven't had a Dire Tide since. Dire yeah, Tide one. this is the first Dire Tide since twenty thirteen, I believe. Oh dang! Yeah, 
It's right? crazy when you think about how long ago that event was. When the the whole internet broke with the gift diatide stuff, and everybody was on the the Volvo subreddit, like the actual automobile manufacturer, <laughs> like gift diatide, and Volvo was like, "What's happening?" And then they figured it out. Incredible. <laughs> but yeah, it's um, it seems like it's a pretty big event for Dota, though. They have some new marketability stuff, which is kind of interesting in terms of making money they have a chest in there usually their chests are like six to ten items and you pay 250 for a chest and you get one of the random one of the random 10 items right and you have to buy a bunch of them to get what you want this chest has like like 60 items in it like it's an insane amount of items and you can directly like purchase what you want from the chest from the marketplace directly in game oh so like and it's just listed on there and also you can list stuff on the marketplace from the game it's like all integrated finally which is weird that mm-hmm. they took so long to do this but it seems like that's a good way to make a lot of money for Valve because <laughs> they, they still it. they still skim off of every one of those transactions and right so basically they're they're making money off of repeat purchases of items because you have to buy a chest to be able to sell a thing on the market and then when you sell that thing on the market, you've already paid Valve for it, and then they take some more money off the person that buys it off of you. Man, they're so smart. They're making so much <laughs> freaking money. It's ridiculous. <laughs> but that that whole event seems like it's pretty well thought out and pretty involved for just coming off of getting rid of the battle pass for the international that doesn't exist. Although yeah. I, guess, I guess I expect nothing less considering they made an absurd amount of money for I mean, a tournament that didn't happen. So what the prize pool was forty million, somewhere around there. Yep. That's twenty five percent of what people spent. Right, which means hundred and sixty million dollars was spent total and towards this se- tournament. Seventy five percent by default is just valves. Mm-hmm. I mean it's used for them to put on the tournament to fund development, I'm sure, of digital items in the game, but I mean I don't know what you would need hundred and twenty million dollars to handle for that tournament. But also it's it, like, like launch a crazy. Rocket. At yeah, this launch point. A rocket. <laughs> There's, there's no telling at this point when they're going to do the tournament, though. They didn't do it this year. They postponed it indefinitely or to some unspecified date. Which, if they do decide to do it next year sometime, do we get another battle pass then? Or is it just like a flat tournament with no fanfare in the game around it for some reason? Like, are they going to allow people to contribute more money towards the prize pool? Have like a comes back compendium around? squared? Like you, it takes all of your money you spent on the do previous we, compendium? Do we have the tournament in August next year as usual? And we have a compendium as usual, but that prize pool goes to the next year after that. And just be and weird. We'd have to keep going forward, staggered. forward. Yeah, we're just staggered forever at this point. Like, I don't, I'm not sure. Uh, it's, it's a weird, weird scenario. I mean, this was a big year too, because this was supposed to be in Copenhagen, right? For this yeah. TI? Okay. I think Last it's still going to be in Copenhagen. Okay. Last year they had it in Shanghai. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. This year's Copenhagen. And I mean, that's a big deal. That, like, because for a long time, Valve has always held the international in Seattle. And the fact that they, this tournament has become big enough that they're like, you know what? We're going to start hosting this in other countries. Now, granted, there's not a lot of US teams. And I would say there's mostly European and probably Far Asian teams, Far East Asian teams. Um, we have like a couple professional teams in the US. So the fact that it hasn't left before now, before two years ago, pretty surprising. But I mean, the only reason why it left to begin with is because they were renovating Key Arena. 
Oh, that's true. So they're they're they forced to move it. And now they have a precedent of moving it to different countries every year. So and I guess now they're going to do it all the up. time. Yeah. Well, that's not, I mean, I guess they did. They moved it to Canada first because it was Key Arena and they couldn't do Key Arena. So they went up to Vancouver. That was the first year outside of the U.S. at Vancouver Convention Center. Yeah. Interesting. I don't know. I think if they do a, another battle pass next year that contributes to the same prize pool, like I, d- I don't think they can do that because they'll literally never be able to pass how big that prize pool is because yeah. it's going to be basically two rounds of fundraising, two years. And part of like what the Dota scene thrives off of is topping the prize pool every year. So they Which can they'd get never those be headlines. able to top again. Yeah. You would never, ever be able to top that again. Well, they have some thinking to do. Hopefully they come up with something neat and it's not just, mm-hmm. hey, we're having another compendium. Spend more money. Uh, let's move on and talk about something in film world that's kind of interesting. Um, a, a couple of months ago, a bunch of us ended up watching Harry Potter with guns. <laughs> uh, if you haven't seen it, but John Wick, good luck finding it. <laughs> yes, it is. It's the it's the fourth sequel. Mm. Excellent. Um, you know, if you haven't seen it, go watch it. It's, it's quite ridiculous. Yeah, very. Um, but it was shown in this s- small theater called the Black Hole Monoplex, which is uh, they, they call themselves a special little drive-in at the end of the world, which I think is kind of cool. And they show a bunch of random things. And it got me thinking, because they show a bunch of things that aren't necessarily like the norm. Like they're not, you can't find them anywhere. Or they're not uh, viewable. You can't download them. You can't watch them. They're just kind of like hidden until somebody decides to show it and stream it to somebody. And that's what they did with Harry Potter with guns, because this guy's been working on it for, man, I feel like it was several years. Yeah. Anyway. A long time ago, I heard that when uh, Topher Grace was working on Black Klansman, when he got done, he was so distressed by his role in the movie that he sat down and he decided to do a cut, his own cut of all three of the Hobbits into one two and a half hour movie. Mm. As far as I'm aware, no one has ever seen that. It does not exist on the Internet. You cannot find it. You cannot download it. It's just his own personal copy that he viewed himself in a theater just because he wanted to watch his own production. (laughs) Cool. Uh. So. Uh, I had just recently, uh, just recently, last couple of months, I'd watched all of the Lord of the Rings movies and I was getting really excited about the idea of watching The Hobbit, but then I remembered how garbage they were because it's nine and a half hours to do a 300 page book, which seems ridiculous. And I had read that there are uh, a couple, I read about a fan edit for The Hobbit. It turns out there's like 60 fan edits for The Hobbit because everybody hates how bad the movie was. And Alex and I decided to sit down and watch this one specific fan edit called the Maple Films Edit, which is done by a studio that's based out of, I believe, Cleveland, uh, Ohio. Anyway, they do a bunch of other films, but they've also done a couple of fan edits of films, and one of which is this Hobbit version. And they condensed a nine and a half hour movie down into two, two and a half hour segments with, an, with a 10 minute intermission in the middle. And I will say, very, very digestible version of The Hobbit. Um, I... I was happy with their the speed at which they were telling the story. There were a couple battle scenes that were fast, but in general, like if you if you really want to rewatch the movie and you don't want to spend nine and a half hours sitting in front of a TV, this might be a good way to do it because mm-hmm. it, it it just it felt like it, it felt like it was like honoring the spirit of what the book was supposed to be. Um, they really just followed um, the story of of them sort of moving across the country. They didn't branch off and all of these other things that. The Hobbit did. There was no romance portion. Um, yeah, so I you know. don't get that line where the dwarf is like, "Don't you want to reach down my pants?" <laughs> they cut that. <laughs> uh, 
literally entirely. They did cut nothing. That's unbelievable. You know what? I don't even want to watch it. Uh, they cut the Dolgodur section in the White Council where they learn it's Sauron. I mean, there's so much of those movies that are just scrapped, and yet that, it still feels like a good, solid showing of the That Hobbit. does feel like how much content should be in that movie. Yeah. Right? Yeah. About four hours worth of content. Yeah. Well, it's, it's just like four and a half, but still. Very well done. They also, this studio's pretty cool because they went through and they like color graded everything so it matched more of the traditional Lord of the Rings stylization, um, which I think is great. And they also remixed with some music that was originally made for The Hobbit but then never used. I think it's really cool. Hmm. So anyway, if you're interested in watching a version of The Hobbit, Maple Films edit. Alex, I guess I didn't even let you talk. What did you think about it? <laughs> uh, yeah, I thought it was good. Um, I... Really, the only grudge I had with it was the final battle was like very accelerated. It's um, pretty fast. You could tell a lot was being cut out of there, but the rest of it, I can't. I can't imagine adding. Like, I don't remember a lot of the original movie because I haven't seen them since they were in theaters. But I can't imagine adding five hours of content to what we watched. Like, I, I felt like we already watched a lot. <laughs> yes. So. Yeah, I actually I would agree. I think the only thing that was rushed was the battle. I didn't really feel like anything else was like they were trying to push through it to get to the next section. Yeah. Um, I'll also say that the same studio that did that edit has another one for Rogue One. Mm -hmm. That's just a 50 minute cut of the Battle of uh, Scarif. Scarif, Scarif. yeah. Mm. And they cut it so it doesn't bounce between the characters as much, so it's more coherent. And they cut it so they added, they took out the music in the film and added John Williams' original music. Nice. And they added a bunch of original Star Wars sound effects. Um, so, yeah, that, that and they did some more stuff like with they added like a traditional um, wipe transitions and stuff like that. So feels a lot more Star Warsy. Sounds good that's, to me. That's cool. Yeah. Fan edits are cool. Also wanted to mention, since we're on the topic of Star Warsy, uh, The Mandalorian just started its second season. If you have not watched The Mandalorian... Literally, go watch The Mandalorian. It's excellent. <laughs> it's very well written. It's very good. good. Show. You get to see a lot of Pedro Pascal's face. Excellent. Um, the first episode was just last uh, Friday. Mm -hmm. That's not right. Okay. Yep. Just launched last Friday. Um, kind of like where they're taking the show. Not going to spoiler anything, but uh, I was very excited about the episode. I it was very good. I also really enjoyed the fact that they seem to be embracing a bit of the legacy uh universe mm -hmm. like th there is stuff that was canon in legacy and they're just like you know this is stuff that makes sense and was really cool and people liked and we're just bringing it in we're just gonna actually show that on screen and make that things like a, a thing now right. uh, and i really appreciate that as someone who played the games and have gone through some of that stuff it's nice to kind of see a bit of a a head nod of just being like yeah like it's not all for not like you know it, it's one of those things of being like this was a cool thing we know that you liked this uh you know back in the day and we're gonna make sure that that stays with uh the rest of star wars so that's really kind of cool one of my favorite parts of watching the show was um the different uh points at which people realized one key element of the show that happens that happens at the very end uh, so one of the guys i was watching it with kind of pieced together the puzzle at the very end of the show uh, one of or the episode, one of the guys that uh, somebody else I was talking to, of course, actually, I think it might have been Alex, you and Caleb. 
who recognize a specific color of armor like halfway through the show and you're like oh i know mm-hmm. what that is mm-hmm. and then one of our other friends was like oh yeah we're going to Tatooine? Oh, yeah. I know exactly who we're going to meet. <laughs> oh, yeah. The second they said Tatooine and um, finding a Mandalorian, I was just like, we doing this. Let's go. Yeah. Like, yeah. it's our boy. I really, I just really appreciated that because it was just like different. Like, people have different experiences with Star Wars. Some people are just avid fans. Some people just like what they're watching. They really like the cinematography and just like the story. And so seeing people be like being able to connect with this at different levels, I think was really neat for me. So anyways, if you haven't seen it, go watch it on Disney+. Plus. Very good. Very good. Start season one, though. Don't start at season two. Uh, let's move on to a couple board game things. Uh, specifically, let's start off with uh, Betrayal Legacy, which yeah. a group of us played. Um, man, it's been actually a couple years it's at this point. It's been a hot second. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I just wanted I, to bring it up. Go ahead. Be- yeah, yeah. Because um, so I had been playing Betrayal Legacy with some friends, but then, you know, the pandemic happened and that made seeing them a lot harder. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, on Halloween, for the first time in probably about 10 months, we jumped back into the game um, and it was very weird because we kind of for like we remembered some of the haunts and some of the things that were going on, but we completely forgot about like what happened in the last one. And so we were trying to put some of it together and we were getting clues and hints of from some of the cards and things that we were like pulling up that we were like, oh yeah, wasn't there like a time thing happening? And we're like, oh yeah. And also we had like our our causes of death slash bring you the traitor thing on your your character card. And so we were like using the clues to slowly piece back together the puzzle and the mystery that was what happened in the last haunt and what's currently going on in our game. Uh, because we did realize quite quickly that um, if you're not playing it in some sort of consistent pattern and you know you give it almost a year in between. It is a little hard to pick it back up and being like, oh, yeah, this was the thing like it was. But they definitely did think about that when they designed the game. And I was very happy with that about how like we were able to kind of look at both the event cards and some of the things that we were pulling as well as um, the, uh, you know, what we wrote down. And we're like, oh, yeah, this is, you know, that was our last time. And we did this thing because some of them were more memorable than others. But it was still nice to kind of remember where we left off in our our elongated story and continue telling that Um, so let me encourage you uh one of the best decisions we made when we decided to play this game was i put it in tabletop sim yeah i i still have all of the assets still available i never posted it on steam because the one version that did get posted on there was down within like 48 hours um i'm sure there's some copyright things and people didn't want to play it but anyway you know, if you're ever interested in playing that, anybody who's listening, ever interested in playing, you know, let me know. I, we had an absolute blast playing in tabletop sim, and there are a lot of elements you can get from that that I actually don't think you can get from playing in person. There are some things you cannot do. There's definitely some elements of um, dex- dexterity-based things you have to do in Betrayal Legacy, weird enough, but yeah. there are some uh, ambiance things that you can't like unless you're really going out of your way you're not going to get the same experience in person as you as you would if you were playing the tabletop sim version that, that we had worked on so if you want to keep playing owen we can totally set this up so you're ready to rock and roll right where you're at and you can just well, do it online i I, we, I did think about that 
I because that was a thing that I you thought should about. Really think about it. Uh, <laughs> but it became an issue because of the fact that it is like you know the legacy game, and so I was like, well, I'm gonna have to figure out like all of the different turns and things that we did to get to where we are right now in the middle of our game. You know, it won't be that hard. You got it. You got it. So, so that was, that was a thing that I was like, "Mm, we'll just, and and now that also the other thing is now, um, you know, we, we are basically potting with this other couple that we were doing this with. So that way we will be able to see them now more often. Um, and so that's going to be fine. I, I mean, I, I already have a date in, uh, December that we're going to, um, meet back up and do it more. So I, I think that the storm is, is, is now over, but it was, it was a, a good idea and probably what I should have invested more time into thinking of earlier. Yeah. Well, Hey, either way, uh, if, if you're listening, you're interested in a betrayal legacy online version on through tabletop sim message us i would be more than happy to share that it was a blast to make took a long freaking time but it was (laughs) so much fun playing it online it was great Uh, one last thing to mention here in in board games world um we should probably talk about some of the absurdity that's happening with pokemon cards at the moment sure yeah um i i just want to bring it up because i think it's kind of funny how like you can tell people that are our age have money now because (laughs) like the things we were into as kids are now like super nostalgic and people are spending you know thirty thousand dollars on a booster box of pokemon cards that's first edition from you know the 90s or whatever um oh and you said somebody spent two hundred thousand dollars or something logic the the rapper logic uh who has is is now you know retiring from the music game um in in one of the last things that he was kind of doing out in public uh is he uh, went to an auction and got a holographic Charizard in like perfect mint condition, uh, and he spent over two hundred thousand dollars on it. Um, and when asked why the hell did you spend so much money on a Pokemon card, um, he mentioned the fact that at, when he was growing up, he didn't have a lot of money and he couldn't buy boosters of Pokemon cards. It was a thing that he couldn't afford, uh, and his family couldn't afford, and it was something that he always wanted. And, uh, you know, like the holographic Charizard first edition, like, you know, that is the Pokemon card. So he was like, yeah, I'm going to buy this because, you know, I, I couldn't do it when I was a kid. And uh, I want to have that fulfillment of, you know, having this thing. Uh, and by doing that purchase, um, it is the most expensive trading card uh, ever purchased. It I would ha- hope so. Yeah, <laughs> and, and, and because before that title was held by uh, the Black Lotus uh in magic the gathering uh which was also extremely expensive but uh it has now been dethroned uh pokemon is once again you know reigning supreme yeah i just think it's funny it's like i feel like critical if you know who critical is he's a streamer slash youtuber he got into just opening packs and packs of Yu-Gi-Oh and pokemon cards on his stream for some reason (laughs) and just like basically gambling to try to get like the expensive ones and then I feel like all these other big streamers have kind of picked up on it. And now there's, I've just seen multiple different people spending 20, 30 K on a booster box well, just cause I, they can. I think the interesting thing about that is that that's not a new format of video content. Like yeah. that has been a thing that I, I know of at least like people that open magic, the gathering boxes uh, and they'll like talk about the, 
you know, the set and the cards and things as they're opening the box. But generally, it's just a great way to make money because you are getting bits and tokens and donations and things while you're streaming it to mm -hmm. pay for the box that you're opening in front of everybody. And then you still have the contents of the box that if you pull rare things, which you'll probably get at least a couple of, you can then sell that and then just reinvest it and just keep doing this loop. Like, because there's no real downside of losing money because you make money from the showing of you opening everything. Um, Man, here is a listing on eBay for two Pokemon Jungle Booster boxes, first edition, and it says opened all cards. Like what? <laughs> Open all and, cards. Like they have gone through and opened all the cards, and they're like, "All right, cool. Now I'm going to sell this box." And yeah. it's got yeah. 36 bids, and it's over a thousand dollars. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> like what the heck? Like obviously, if there's any good ones, they took them out of there. Uh, yes, right. that would be 100 percent true. But then here's a sealed one for $20,000. So I guess you're getting a, a discount for getting it already opened. <laughs> uh, that, that is a thing with magic cards as well that I can never quite understand is they, they do the same thing of just being like, hey, we repackaged all of the, uh, the boosters. And they'll like to say that. And people will still spend crazy amounts of money on it. And I'm like, but why? You know, if it was any good cards in here, they would have they would have, you know, like taken them out. I mean, and replaced them with shitty rares or whatever. There's a crazy amount of money, and then there's two hundred and twenty thousand five hundred and seventy-four dollars. Yeah, that is that is a crazy <laughs> amount of money. That yes, hundred percent. Hey, I, you know, if I if I see him in the streets of uh, Montgomery County, I'll be sure to uh, ask him <laughs> how that card's going. You should. You should. He he is he is from here. Yeah, he came um, to Maryland to do a show once. Well, that's because University he's of Maryland. fucking from here, man. Like he's he's a Baltimore kid. He's a presumably Maryland that's not kid. why, but yes. Yeah. <laughs> presumably they did pay him. Probably a decent well, amount of money to do. Maybe if you see him, you should just be like, "Hey, yo, can I buy that card from you?" <laughs> yeah, yeah, with all of the non-existent funds that I have. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, okay, so uh, we of course we're talking a little bit about Pokemon cards. Logic buying this really stupid, expensive cards, crazy. Um, we should probably talk about a couple other things or at least one other thing music-related, which is KDA. Yeah, so if you haven't heard of KDA, I don't know where you've We're been. We're not friends anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Turn off the podcast. We don't KDA want is a fictional K-pop group that Riot invented, the people behind yeah. League of Legends. I'm a game that it's none of us aware. play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But their songs are freaking good. They're so they're very, good. Very good. They're very like, good. Weirdly good. To be fair, League has always done this, where songs they're associated with are like weirdly good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And they released a new song like last week that has like the original cast from Pop Stars, their first song. Yep. And it's really good. It also has a new character in it this time uh, called Seraphine, who they were teasing for a oh, while. Yeah. She was like doing covers of songs and they included the KDA, original KDA song. And so now they're like working together. Also a fictional character. Like there's a real person behind her singing, but she's also in League of Legends now. She's part of this new album they're dropping tomorrow. Yeah. An EP oh, it's coming out of tomorrow. Five songs, yeah. Because I, so they, I, they've released two of the songs as singles. There was uh, the baddest a few months ago, I think, mm -hmm. and then more, which came out last week. And they've yeah. got three new songs that they're releasing tomorrow as part of the EP. I do know that some of the um, guest vocals on the EP 
are actual like k-pop groups and things uh, yeah i think all of these people are artists in their own rights right. that are like forming this super group uh yep. but yeah. it's also nice to see some of the more recognizable people like twice uh is going to be on it and i'm just like oh okay i actually know that band like i know that group it's not just like a person that's a singer that they picked up it's like no this is already it's a very famous group actually yeah um so it, it is very interesting to see that happen and like to make this very famous fake super group of k-popness which is just bizarrely good and it's amazing and also so strange yeah. i don't know if you saw but as part of like the lead up to this they did a um uh a designer photo shoot with gucci i did not hear hmm. about that <laughs> and it, I, I think it was gucci but it was just really weird because i'm sitting there and i'm looking at the pictures on twitter and i'm just like so you made fake clothes to put onto a fake band to do a fake designer shoot yeah. to sell us what <laughs> like like i was like i'm not buying the fake clothes from the fake band and this doesn't i was like i was just so confused by the collab of the two brands that i was staring at it and i just like i couldn't quite get it i was like what is happening in my world right now i don't why why is this a thing it's, it's very weird it's very cool but it's very yeah. weird and the fact that they're using it to like introduce new characters to the game and stuff is also super wow. cool yeah i think the strangest thing about all of this is how no one else has fucking tried it yet yeah like i'm so confused at how like a blizzard has been sitting there in their towers of money and hasn't just been like you know what those overwatch kids really need to do like let's get them in a band together like we got lucio and like yeah. we released that one lucio song and people actually downloaded it and thought it was pretty decent well so why don't you like why don't they just take him add like a new character that's some sort of like vocalist or something make them like a edm duo and like make songs and do the same shit that riot's doing like i don't think it would be hard and people would love the shit out of that mm -hmm. yeah it, if you haven't listened to kda you should definitely check out their songs especially when their new ep drops tomorrow oh god yeah i sent it to, so good i sent it to one of my uh, i've sent more to one of my friends uh, and she instantly looked at this and was just like, why is this a thing that exists? And then the second text message is, and why is it so goddamn good? Yeah. Because <laughs> even their music videos are, like, insanely good. Like, the animation team is really, really good at Riot, apparently. Like, if I am anybody that works in any of, like, the huge, like, K-pop machine that is happening... Uh, I would have these guys on fucking speed dial for like, oh, hey, coronavirus and we want to do a crazy music video. All right, call them up. They can animate our, you know, our you know, BTS or Blackpink or whoever and just fucking go with it. <laughs> I, I'd really like to know if they had planned on KDA being like a real thing or if it was one of their one off skin groups because they just have like it, it had of skins they released at the, the same time things. and then it just hit so hard that they were like well we got to keep going with it i think they, i think that's it they have put out a uh pentakill two pentakill yeah. albums both yeah. of which kind of slap really i'm not really I, listening to i mean pentakill i much. really like them i really like metal though so that you know kind of yeah. scans yeah maybe it was planned from the beginning it's hard to know i guess i, I doubt it was planned i'm sure it's like because kda they you know it was years between the skins and the thing that's true yeah and so I'm sure they did it they did you know they did the scans and they put out the album that was like, oh, 
that went over pretty well. Yeah. Maybe we try it on a bigger scale because like Popstar Ari was even predated. Popstar, KDA. Yeah, existed for a long time. Yeah. So I figure they probably just, you know, did that, saw that Pentakill went over pretty well. And they were like, well, what if we just did this like bigger, though? Yeah, I just I am eagerly awaiting for them to call up a. Uh, their buddies over at Harmonics, so I can start using some of that in Fuser mm-hmm. once that game drops, because <laughs> that'll be a lot of fun. Yeah, I hope these new, some of the new KDA songs get dropped into Beat Saber officially, like Pop Stars did. Yeah, real deal. Yeah. Did you see the girl that was doing Pop Stars in cosplay on a unicycle, in, like Beat Saber? What? No. Yeah. She, oh yeah, I saw and, that. And like on the hardest difficulty or something, and I was just like killing what it. the hell on is unicycle? going on she wasn't on she wasn't on expert plus she was on expert okay but mm. she was on a unicycle in full cosplay and just killing it huh. it's really it's really 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 good uh, one last thing to mention here before we before we sign off um you've heard probably heard us talk about this a couple times but november 14th is our official game day uh where we will be participating in a 24-hour stream for extra life if you have not heard anything about extra life uh, it's a really cool organization. Their whole point is to get gamers who like to stream to get donations to help kids. Um, and these donations are specific to local children's miracle hospitals. Uh, they fund critical treatments. They fund healthcare services. They fund uh, pediatric equipment and charitable care. So especially in a time of, you know, the coronavirus, this might be a good thing to donate to. Um, we really appreciate any donations. We appreciate you showing up. Our whole group will be streaming on november 14th from 4 a.m to 4 a.m the following day uh wait is that going to be east coast or central central time oh, can we yeah. do east coast please <laughs> I that's only, 3 a.m sure, i'm happy I, with three I, to three. Only, I only ask that because i am already up 4 a.m east coast time oh so we're so just conveniencing you i, I will i will literally just be on my same sleep schedule and just have to stay up really late for one day which wow. is gonna be a lot of fun wow <laughs> make it easy on owen ah uh, make it super easy on me well we will be streaming 4 a.m to 4 a.m east coast time uh make sure you stop by our channel i will post the link uh, to our Twitch so you can come watch our stream. We would love to see you there. Stop by and say hi. Um, if you can, we would love for you to donate. We have already this year raised $1,633, and it is still over a week out before we even stream, which is crazy because last year we just raised right around 1700 So we're rocking and rolling this year. This is really awesome. And It's worth to- mentioning the official stream day for Extra Life is the 7th. But yeah, we are yeah but don't be confused. Not. Forget the 7th. The 14th <laughs> yeah. is the important one because that's us. Come hang out with us. <laughs> our also, week is I... always slightly different. And I did want to note, um, our team, the Horizon community is our team on Extra Life. We are currently ranked 456th for the nice. most donations for this year. That which is, is pretty good. Yeah, yeah. No, that is really yeah. good. It's really, really good. Um, uh, I just so, wanted to shout out Jake, who's already mm-hmm. met his goal. And oh, we yeah. haven't even fucking started yet. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. That was really weird. I didn't expect that. <laughs> I was I was watching that unfold, and I was just like, "Wow, all right." Um, I'm still, uh, you know, hundreds away from my goal, but you know, hey, at least some of us are getting there, and uh, I think that's really cool, dude. I thought that was like really neat when I saw that. I was like, "Wow, we are gonna be doing well this year. Like, mm. it's gonna be nice." What can I say except you're welcome? <laughs> <laughs> wow, nice. Yeah, so make Better sure you stop by. Uh, like I said, uh, twitch.tv forward slash We Are The Horizon. You can come watch us play. You will get to see at least most of our faces. Um, say hello to us. That would be awesome. If you can stop by and donate, you can go to our Extra Life page. 
uh, the Horizon community and donate there to each one of us uh, individually if you'd rather do that. Um, but again, the whole, whole reason we do this every year is so we can help raise money to help kids. And of course, like I said before, it is coronavirus, the year of coronavirus. So better than any year, this is a great time to donate to a, a good cause. So if you can, stop by, say hello, donate. Um, other than that, thanks so much for joining us. And we'll catch you next time. This week's podcast was edited by me, Aaron Juno. Other voices this week include Alex McCoslin, Jake John Fetterkyle, Caleb Juno, and Owen Patterline. This week's music was again brought to you by Amer. You can check out his music on Spotify, or you can also check it out on soundcloud.com forward slash Amer. Additionally, you can check out everything that we do, We Are The Horizon, at our website, www.wearethehorizon.com. We have a lot of video posts as well as links to other content we've done in the past. We also have a couple new series that we've been working on, one for a custom Divinity campaign and another for a Pathfinder campaign that we've been working on. So make sure you check those out as well. Again, thanks so much for joining us and we'll catch you next time.